Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal, a Saturday edition of Inside Arsenal, which of course means it is match day Arsenal versus Aston Villa later on today at Villa Park. Huge game. Really, really difficult game as well for Arsenal, Aston Villa. We all know how strong they are at home. 14 league wins in a row at Villa Park. And of course, coming off the back of that fantastic victory against Manchester City in midweek. But Arsenal going there on the back of six wins in a a row in all competitions. Flying high after that late dramatic victory against Luton in midweek as well. So it's all set up to be an absolute belter under the lights at Villa Park today. We'll talk about that in today's show. Look what Mikel Arteta's have, uh, been having to say about Unai Emery, about the game. Uh, we'll look at my predicted 11 team news. We've got some questions and comments from you guys as well. Mikel Arteta's been talking about the transfer window and what may be on the agenda at Arsenal. So lots to get stuck into. And we'll start with those comments from Mikel um, about the upcoming January transfer window. It's only a few weeks away now. It really isn't far at all. And of course, all the big question is, will Arsenal do anything? If they do, what are they going to do? Are they going to bolster their defence because of the injury issues they're gonna, they've got at the moment? Are they going to go in for a midfielder? And what about that striker that so many fans think that Arsenal have to try and sign for the second half of the um, season? Well, this is what Mikel had to say during his press conference yesterday when talking about the January transfer window. He said, let's see. We're going to have to adapt. We have what we have right now. It's true that the window is coming up and we will have to assess where the squad is and the needs that we have. But at the moment, it's something we cannot change. We have to play all the games now throughout December in the best possible way and keep winning. He was asked about the you know the potential returns of Tommy Asu and Timber and if that's going to affect the activity in the January transfer window. He says, we have to consider every scenario. We need to have clear timeframes as well as when, as when those players are going to be back, in which conditions and to play how many minutes. After we've done all that work, we're going to try and make the best call for the team. So, yeah, he's not exactly saying we're definitely going to be in the market for someone in January. I think in that bottom answer there where he's talking about 
sort of assessing in what condition the players are going to be when they come back and how many minutes they're going to be available for. I think you're certainly looking at Yuri Timber when he's saying that, because even if he does come back in, I don't know, March, you know, he's been out for basically a season and has had a really serious knee injury. You're not going to throw him straight into the hustle and bustle of a title race, expecting him to play 90 minutes in the high intensity Premier League football. That just wouldn't be wise. It wouldn't be safe. And it's just not what Arsenal are going to do. You're going to have to ease him in um, easily. And so even if he does come back, does that stop the need for trying to sign a defender or bringing in some extra cover for the second half of the season? Probably not. But it's still a really hard thing to do. I, I thought, I don't know if you've seen it, but Jurgen Klopp was talking about the January transfer window yesterday because Liverpool just lost Joel Matip for the season with a cruciate injury. And he was asked about the window and signing a replacement for Matip. And I thought his answer was really, really good. Actually, he was just like, well, you know, it's easy for you guys to say that and for fans to say that and for the media to say that. But what are we going to do? You know, we've got we've got the numbers. Just a couple of players are injured. If you go and sign a player, then you don't really need him when the players come back and then you're stuck with an extra player. And it's very, very difficult. And he also said, you know, I'm the manager of Liverpool. If you're going to sign for Liverpool, you've got to be a very special player. A team's just going to give us their players in January, their top level centre backs in January. And so it is very easy for us all to sit here. And I've said it, you know, it's easy to say they've got to strengthen, really need to strengthen to kick on and try and make sure they can try and win this title in the second half of the season. But it's not as easy as that, because I think when you look at the sheer numbers that Arsenal have in defence, when everyone's fit, there's plenty. And if suddenly you bring in another player in January and then Timber and Tomiyasu are back within a couple of months or three months, then suddenly it's like, well, what have you got now? You've got an extra player who you're paying a lot of money for that you're probably not going to need and not going to use that much. You might end up getting a bit annoyed after that. It's just, it, it's not easy, is what I'm saying. Um, ideally for Arsenal, I do think the best best scenario would be to get a loan until the end of the season to see them through defensively. But again, can you get a loan in January that is of the quality that you need to really help make an improvement for Arsenal? There's no point signing someone just for the sake of it if he's not good enough. So it's a very difficult one. It's going to be intriguing to see what Arsenal do. I, as I sit here right now, a few weeks till the window, I'm not expecting a really busy one, I have to say. Um, you know, I, all the talk about strikers and things like that, I just, I've just said that many times. I just can't see it. I think they will sign a striker in the next couple of windows, but I don't think it'll be this one. I think it'll be the summer. You know, if they're going to do anything in this window, I think it'll be definitely sort of midfield or defence. And even then, I'm not 100% sure that's going to happen, but we'll have to wait and see if it does or not. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Do you think Arsenal can get through till the end of the season with what they have? Or do you think it's an absolute necessity that they go out and strengthen in January to protect them from the injuries they already have and make sure that they're strong enough to get through to the second half of the season? OK, turning attentions to today's game then, tonight's game, what a huge match it is. Mikel's been speaking about Unai Emery and the fantastic job he's done at Villa. You know, Villa can move to within one point of Arsenal if they win at Villa Park today, which, you know, shows completely the impressive turnaround when you think where they were when Emery took over. He's got them playing fantastic football. They're scoring goals. They're winning games consistently at home, starting to pick up some away wins as well. Of course, had that really good one at Tottenham um, just a couple of, I think, was it was it last weekend, the Tottenham game? But it was very, very recently. Um, Mikel was asked about it. He said, look, huge credit to them, huge credit to Unai and the coaching staff for what they've done. They've turned things around the way they play. They're going to be really tough opponent. It's a great place to go. One of my favourite grounds, a very English ground and a great atmosphere to play in. So it's going to be a big chance for us. Uh, when asked if Henry's success was a surprise at Villa, he said, no, I've followed him since in Almira. What he's done, every team he's been at has always been remarkable. He always improves the players, the team, the club. And he's Basque like I am. 
a manager that I really admire for what he's done in the game. He's done it in various countries at different levels and he's always been successful. So I'm really happy for him. Um, yeah, lovely words there from Mikel on Unai Emery. Not surprisingly, because Emery's a manager who deserves, demands a lot of respect, certainly from his peers. And um, like Mikel says, he's sort of that leading senior figure of a lot of really impressive young bass coaches that Mikel admits that everyone sort of looks up to Unai Emery and the job he's doing. And Arsenal are going to have to be at their very, very best today to get a result at Villa Park. As Mikel says, it's going to be a great atmosphere. And it really is. You heard what it was like in midweek against Manchester City. It's going to be exactly the same Villa fans are feeling something special building at that club and they're going to be bang on it tonight and Arsenal are going to walk into a very hostile, intense atmosphere under the lights. It's going to be really interesting to see how they get on and how they perform. They've been in really good form themselves, Arsenal, so they're going there flying high, especially on the back of that morale-boosting win against Luton in midweek and how it came about. You think they're going to have a little boost from that energy-wise as well. And uh, it's just two teams who are bang on it, who are going to be meeting head-to-head. And I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm nervous. I think it's going to be really tough for Arsenal. I said it before, I don't think a draw is the worst result in this game. Obviously, I don't want to go there and draw. I want to win 100%. You want to win. It'd be a huge statement if Arsenal could go to Villa in this type of form, that Villa are in, turn them over at Villa Park, end that winning run and get themselves three points. It'd be a massive statement in terms of what they're about this season. But if it is a draw, I'm certainly not going to go to bed shedding a tear tonight that Arsenal have dropped two points against a really good, impressive, strong Aston Villa side. Um, Mikel obviously not going to be on the touchline for this game, as we've spoken about, because of that farcical, farcical yellow card he picked up against Luton. Interesting, I saw Luton manager was asked about it in his press conference yesterday and asked if he what he thought of Arteta's celebration. And he said, if it was me, if Luton had scored the winner at the other end, I'd, I'd have been crowd surfing, which I thought was a really good answer. It's like, honestly... I, can't, I still can't believe he got booked for it. Uh, Mikel was asked if he yesterday if he feels like he's now being targeted by referees. He says, I don't know how to stop celebrating. It was a really emotional moment. You have everybody bouncing around and you lose sense of where you are and the space that you have to be in. It was unfortunate because now I cannot be next to my team on the touchline, but it is a decision that they made. If you look strictly at the rules, yes, we cannot do that, but the context is different. And then the we... I think is very important within the context. So he's talking, I think he's very much highlighting the word we there, saying, look, if you're doing it for me, you have to do it for everyone else. And I think he's going to be looking, he and Arsenal are going to be looking very, very closely now on what happens to other managers when they do celebrate goals, especially late goals like that. He was asked on whether emotion has been taken out of football. He said, after that, straight away, I sat on my seat and I stayed there for 30 seconds, but that was after the emotion. In the moment, it is very difficult to demand that. He says he's probably going to be watching the game in the director's box, um, but he's not entirely sure at the moment. And it, I, I thought all his all his comments yesterday, all his answers on the questions about the celebration, the emotion, and if he thinks he's been targeted, I think they were very, very, very good. And um, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm hoping it's not going to make too much of an impact. It, I think if he wasn't able to do the team talks and stuff like that, I think. I'd be worried it was going to make much more of an impact than it is. But the fact he can still do the team talk, he can still go in the change room before the game, at halftime, after the game, I think it, should, it shouldn't it should make too much of an impact having Albert uh, on the touchline and Mikel in the stands talking to the coaching staff uh, via whatever communication device he's going to have. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Team news-wise, Mikel says he thinks everybody's going to be okay. By that, he means everybody who we know is fit. So not he's not talking about party, Timber, Tommy Asu, people like that. He was then asked further on Thomas' party and when he might be back. He said, we don't know. He's getting very good evolution in the injury, but it's a bit early to get a time frame. Um, he was asked about him playing against Villa. He said that would be incredibly fast if he's able to do that. So we're going to have to wait. We're quite short with five key players for us not being available. Um for a bit of time, but we have to continue. Uh, everyone wants Thomas Party back as soon as possible. I've said p- people that I've spoke to around Thomas Party, they're still targeting him playing by the end of the year, but we are now only about three weeks away and he's not back in training yet. So you think even when he comes back to training, he's going to have to have at least a full week's training before he gets considered for a match. So that time frame, that time scale is beginning to look a little bit suspect but we shall wait and see same goes for emil smith rowe of course he's another player who's missing today no fabio vieira today and no you're in timber of course as well so arsenal need some of these injured players back and they need them back quickly because there's no doubt they are light and especially in those sort of fullback areas right back areas i mean they're one ben white injury away from real real concern in time but fingers crossed that doesn't happen um Predicted 11-wise, this is what I'm going for today. I've changed my mind about 50 times in the last 24 hours in terms of my predicted 11. Um, So the one I've ultimately gone for, having spoken yesterday about maybe Jorginho starting the game, and it still wouldn't surprise me if Jorginho does start this game, if Mikel goes with a midfield of Jorginho, Odegaard and Declan Rice playing a little bit further forward than his usual role. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but I'm going to go for it. He's going to stick with Havertz. So my predict 11 for today is Raya, White, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko. Uh, They're going to go Rice, Odegaard, Havertz in the midfield three, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. A very strong team. As I said, it wouldn't surprise me if it is uh, Jorginho instead. And Mikel looks to sort of bolster up that midfield a little bit, make it a little bit more defensive minded with Rice playing in the slightly more advanced eight role. There's... Potentially, he could go with Kivior rather than Zinchenko at left back. Like I said, if Tommy Asu is fit, I think Tommy Asu definitely would have started this game, but he's not. And I think instead of that, Mikel will go with Zinchenko. Look to use the strengths that Mikel's spoken about a lot recently. Yes, he knows there's a bit of negatives when it comes to Zinchenko, especially when it comes to his defending, but you've got to use the positives as well and the strengths of his game. And the strengths of his game do really help Arsenal, as we saw when he came on against Luton. And midweek and he managed to sort of wrestle control firmly into Arsenal's grasp of that game with his quality on the ball and his ability to keep the ball. So, um, you know, Villa are going to put a lot of pressure on Arsenal. They're going to look to attack down those flanks and look to get in behind Zinchenko. But if Arsenal, and they're going to have to be aware of that Arsenal, but if they can turn the ball over quickly, they can get into midfield, then they're going to find a lot of space in those areas as well. And then you want someone like Zinchenko in that space who can then find the right pass to release Martinelli, to release Saka or Jesus 
And um, so that's why I think he will get the nod. Villa team there, I've taken that from Aston Villa News. .co.uk, their predicted 11 was Martinez, Cash, Conza, Torres, Moreno, Luis, Kamara in midfield. Then they've gone with Bailey on right and Diaby at 10 with McGinn on the left and Watkins up front. Diaby didn't play, or he didn't start the game against Man City. Bailey started, played really, really well, scored the winner, of course. He's having a really good run of form at the moment. Um, so, yeah, but they're predicting that Diaby will come back into the side, but will play in a more central role behind Ollie Watkins with Bailey and McGinn out wide. Right, a few questions and comments from you guys now before we wrap things up today. Richard here is in response to the discussion we had on yesterday's show about potentially Jorginho coming into this side and Havertz being on the bench. He says it has to be Havertz to start. I, um, I need he would give more. I think I think I think he would give more problems to Villa than Jorginho, especially physically and aerially. And it'll be absolutely that sort of game. Plus, he has a knock of popping up with big goals. Yeah, that's why I've eventually swayed my opinion towards Havertz. I, um, I think, and just the form he's in as well. You know, we know he can work very well defensively. That game up at Newcastle recently where, yes, he got the yellow card, could well have got sent off and Arsenal did end up losing that game for various reasons. But I thought Havertz had a really good game in that, in the sort of intensity of that St. James's Park cauldron and he showed he can really play and help out defensively in that game. So um, I do think he probably will just about keep his place. One thing, though, I do think if the game, if you need to bring someone on to change a game, as Havertz showed against Brentford, he's a very good option as well. And if you bring it on Jorginho, if you need a goal, say if the game is not going your way and you need a goal and you need to get back into things, throwing on Havertz is a really good option. It can change things up. Um, you can't really do that if he's starting a game and you've only got Jorginho on the bench. But I still think Havertz probably starts. So thanks very much for your comment, Richard. Uh, Vet Para here says, hi, Charles. Totally agree with you. This will be in a hard, one of the hardest games of the season. But so far, when people have tried to take us on a football match, we've destroyed them. Very true. Midfield of Jorginho, Rice and Odegaard with Zinchenko at left back. 100% agree on that. They don't double up on our wingers. I can't see us not taking advantage of that, especially if Jorginho Odegaard managed to find the ball. So Vet Para here, he wants to see Jorginho in the team, in that midfield role. Like I said, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be disappointed if that is the case. I've just managed to talk myself out of it in the last 24 hours and gone with Havertz. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if this is the route that Mikel Arteta goes down as well. And it's a, for me, it's a decent option to use. Uh, Hussein says, hi, Charles. In the injury crisis we're in, why can't we bring KT back to help us till the end of the season? And I think if we don't trust Zinni, I would play big gab at left back and play Kivior in central defence. How do you see that? But I'm very confident we can beat Villa. And the fact that they play City might still with tiredness of the game because they used a lot of energy. Yeah, lots of people have been saying that. So emotionally and physically, that might have taken a fair bit out of Villa in midweek. So that might be the case. We'll have to see. Arsenal have had an extra day to recover, of course, as well. In terms of um, playing Gabby at left back and Kivior at centre back, no, I don't like that idea. You've got the two best centre backs in the Premier League playing next to each other in Gabriel and Saliba. And I wouldn't want to see that partnership broken up. I'd just much rather play Kivio. If you're going to do that, just play Kivio at left-back and keep Gabby at centre-back. Two brilliant defenders who get on so well, who are so influential and so key to Arsenal's success. I wouldn't want to see that broken up just to sort of move people out of position. Um, in terms of KT, yeah, I mean, it's a good shout. I'm, I don't actually know if there's a recall clause in KT's contract or not. I mean, he's been injured anyway for most of the season pretty much I'm not sure he's even come back yet from that hamstring injury he was back training but I'm not sure if he's played yet for Sociedad since he's um, started training again uh, I just don't see that really being an option for Arsenal to be honest 
And like I said, I'm not sure if there's a recall clause in that contract. I've not actually ever checked that out. It's an interesting suggestion. And you would think on the face of it, you're like, why can't we do that? You've got a really good left back in Kieran Tierney there. Bring him back and let him play if we need him. Um, I'm sure that would be something Arsenal would have explored if they can. Um, but it just, I'm not sure if they can or not. It's something that maybe I need to check out and try and find out for you. If I do that and I find out whether he could be recalled, I will let you know, of course. But thank you very much for your comment, Hussein. Appreciate that and appreciate everyone getting in touch um, over the last 24 hours or so. I hope you had a very good start to your weekend, wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. And I hope if you go into the game tonight, you're going to enjoy it. And if you're watching it, then you can enjoy it as well, maybe from behind the sofa at times, because I think it's going to be a pretty tense, nervy and scary game for Arsenal. But fingers crossed they get the result. I'm not going. I'm not in the press box today. Family duties, dad duties today. My wife's working, which means I have to look after the kids. So uh, I can't get up there, but I will be watching it like the rest of you. And hopefully can celebrate a very nice win later on today. Have a very good Saturday, everyone. I'll speak to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 